Welcome to the Orchard Podcast, a resource of Orchard Africa. The mission of Orchard Africa is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. For three decades, a passionate community of churches, leaders, and donors have worked together to feed, educate, care for, and empower under-resourced communities in Southern Africa. To date, Orchard Africa and its partners have served over 10 million meals to families in need, cared for over 75,000 orphan children, and enrolled 8,000 children in high-quality early learning programs. All of this takes place with local African leaders to help communities move from survival to stability to sustainability. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact in the places of greatest need in our world. This is episode number six uh, for June uh, 14th. 2021. My name is Brian Lemieux, and I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa. And I'm sitting here at the table with the co-founders of Orchard Africa, Mike and Michelle Tessendorf. Michelle is the uh, executive director and uh, charts the course forward for the ministry. And Mike serves as our senior pastor who trains and mentors and spends time investing in uh, our partner pastors in South Africa. Well, hello, everyone. Hi. How are you, everybody? And we are so excited that uh, we have our very first guest on our podcast. Uh, she's a friend and she's um, a co-leader in ministry. Her name is Jody Peterson, and she is the director of Serve, at one of our uh, great partner churches, Cornerstone Church here in uh, Chandler, Arizona. Hello, it's an honor to be here today. Hey, Jody. Thanks for being here, Jody. And uh, great to be around the table. Thanks for uh, listening in. And if you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. If you're, um, you're returning, uh, thanks for listening in again. Uh, since we've talked last, um, uh, lots, has been, uh, lots, of, lots has been happening in Africa. And in fact, there was a team in South Africa that um, both uh, you, Mike, and Jody were a part of. And uh, you, uh, you were there for a number of days, and now you're, you're here. So it'd be great to hear how, how did that trip go? Yeah, it was an honor to be able to go. It was our first, it was my first trip really to fly internationally since the pandemic hit. And mm-hmm. so, <laughs> yeah, finally a little back to normal. Uh, just a couple extra COVID tests. Um, <laughs> but it was just so great. I think one of my highlights of being in South Africa was sitting around the tree and listening to other pastors just share about the impact COVID has had. Mm-hmm. Um, they just reminded me that, you know, pastors in the communities that they're serving, they are the frontline workers. When someone is sick, they're the first person that they call. And the reminder and just the insight that these pastors had of, you know, our heart and our passion and our calling is to pastor our community. Mm-hmm. And there's a tension that was had because they don't know the environments they're walking into, what kind of sickness they're walking mm-hmm. into. Mm-hmm. And then what will they come back and expose their family to? And so you just heard that. And so just a reminder of just how important it is that we continue to pray and uplift and mm-hmm. encourage pastors from around the world. Right. Mm. That's such yeah. a very real tension that they have to balance this this tension of ministering in their community, but also keeping their families safe because they very much are first responders. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. As much as it was great for Jody to travel internationally, it was so great for me to have an international team on the mm. ground for the first time mm. in 18 months. Mm. Um, 
it's it's always such an inspiration and such a um, encouragement for the pastors that we work with to have uh, international visitors come and see what they're doing. And the idea was to to take the team and <clears throat> see how the projects that Orchard Africa has helped them implement are working and impacting the community. And the incredible thing was that besides the projects, the, the agriculture programs and the uh, education and the, the feeding programs, the pastors could not stop talking about how uh, as a result of these very practical acts of compassion and care, um, people are suddenly interested in coming to their churches or people are making life commitments to Jesus and inviting their families to come. And it was just such a joy for me mm. to hear that a feeding program is actually an evangelistic tool or mm. an, a care program actually draws people closer to Jesus. And the joy that the pastors had in sharing that mm. Was, was just an incredible blessing for me. And to see those pastors just share with pride, like to be able to show us the gardens that they have been creating or the mm. people mm. who they've appointed in their churches to run the agriculture program, they had such pride in showing the gardens. And just hearing, we heard from one of the partners there, just the impact of that feeding program has had on their preschool kids. A number of the kids come from um, just really low-income, poverty-impacted um, homes. And they thought, we just thought these kids had a low IQ and only to realize that once that feeding program had started, that it was because of malnutrition that they were performing so poorly in school and Mm. now they're doing well. So you're just seeing the Mm. impact of the local church is having in a community. Mm. Incredible. Mm. It's wonderful stories. Mm. Well, it was great to host uh, your team and, and all the things that come to mind when you're there on the ground, you see it. And thanks for the insights. And we, we've been um, partnering for uh, quite some time. And so um, with Cornerstone, with you, Jody, Jody, you're the director of Serve uh, for Cornerstone. So tell us a little bit about what that is and what are your responsibilities at Cornerstone? Yeah, so our serve team exists to meet needs, know people, and share Jesus. And that's on our campus, in our community, and in our world. And so we want to be just intentional about with our words and with our actions that we're showing Christ's love. And we know that sometimes um, in some of the environments we work in that we may not be able to use words, but our actions Mm. and how we respond will absolutely reflect Christ. And so one of my major assignments at our church is to be able, how do I keep serving opportunities in front of the people? people in front of our staff in front of our church and um, it's an honor because when we go out and serve together there is community that happens and there's an understanding of God that you I don't believe you can get until you put others before yourself and serving opportunities provide that Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so good Mm -hmm. well Jody it's really great to have you on the podcast as a as a director of serve which includes uh, global missions and it's been an incredible 18 months where uh, sort of the methodology book has been thrown out the window uh, for how global missions work. Uh, And then um, uh, directors and leaders like you have had to reinvent and rethink how to approach global missions. And uh, this past year um, with all of the lockdowns and the travel restrictions, it's been um, uh, a real uh, question mark on what, what the next steps should be for, for missions. So uh, I, I wonder, um, you know, as we're uh, kind of sitting around the table, what, you know, what comes to mind as we think about the last 18 months regarding some of those challenges for the local church to, 
uh, really engage their congregation when it was difficult to to get on a plane or to do that in, in some traditional ways that we've done it. Yeah, so for, for us, I think as I sat around and had conversations with other people who had similar roles um, in other churches or organizations, I soon be able to realize that if we don't keep up our voice, if we don't keep presenting the needs and the opportunities around the world, then we'll just become silent and they'll think that this the serve position or the missions isn't needed mm-hmm. and it's absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. So that just reminded me that we've got to continue to voice and communicate what God's doing around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's really important um, that we keep up this engagement because at a time like this during a worldwide crisis, a, a pandemic, um, the ministries and the missionaries out in the field, they face some of the worst problems uh, in a situation like this because of poverty, because mm-hmm. of the lack of resources, uh, because of all these challenges. Uh, they really, as we've just said, become first responders and they're working extra hard and they need engagement. Mm. Um, you know, so often uh, short-term missions gets a bad rap, and sometimes for good reason. But when short-term missions is done well, it meets that need in a missionary or a pastor on the ground who's working so hard. It truly does engage them and make them feel like they're part of the greater body of Christ. It um, helps to remind them and their communities that there are other people who thinking about who are thinking about them, who support them, who are there for them. And the past 18 months has been really, really hard for people who uh, are these first responders in difficult situations. And so a trip like you have just done, it, it truly does touch their hearts and encourages them and gives them uh, more hope and uh, helps them to keep going uh, during mm. these difficult times. Mm. Mm. And it is difficult, um, just personally, traveling back and forth as much as I've been able to between uh, Africa and the United States. I mean, as an individual, it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you constantly con- uh, have this uh, concern about safety. Uh, where are you safe? Where are you not safe? What are you potentially exposing yourself and then all the others in your family that you might meet to? And then just the challenge with airlines. Uh, mm-hmm. You basically... Flights un- cancel. Uncertainty mm. all the time of, am I going to get on the flight? Is the flight going to leave? Um, and cancellations and rebookings and everything. So when it comes to getting teams mobilized, um, it, it's an, been an incredible challenge for churches. And um, I know a lot of churches have put their, their, their global travel on hold because of that. But there's some that have ventured into the, the, the unknown and, and taken the, the, the risks. And it's been fraught with all kinds of challenges, COVID tests and health declarations. And, mm. uh, so. and on, Yeah, and on top of that, uh, local churches are trying to figure out what to do uh, in the in the local standpoint too and how to open their churches again and what to do with their own congregation and so sometimes global missions just gets kind of forgotten or put on the back burner because there's so many other things are trying to manage at that moment mm. and, yeah. and so bringing it back to the 
the forefront is uh, is really key. Yeah, and I'd be really interested to know, Jody, what kind of challenges you faced during this year in keeping uh, your congregation engaged, and what have you been doing? I think there's always a challenge for stage time, right? Like what your weekend service is, how do you get serving opportunities in front of people? We know that's like the best place. Uh, We'll get the most engagement if we're able to get some stage time. But the reality is there's so many different things that our church is doing that would like that stage time. And so it's limited. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, a challenge pre Um, pandemic. And then it becomes even harder when you move to a lot of online with shorter services. How are we going to do that? And yet we can't let that stop Mm. the ministry. And we can't let that stop the way that we advocate for our partners and how we can partner together. And so Mm. we just had to start thinking creatively. What are other avenues? What resources? I think Michelle says this all the time. What's in your hands? What resources do we have in our hands Mm. that we could leverage? Well, we have technology. Yep. What can we do with some Zoom calls? What can we do mm. um, with WhatsApp? There's other ways to connect with people. So I think it was this moment. I think I was empowered to say, I'm not going to stop. we got to find some other ways. Let's start having some conversation with people. There's a lot of intelligent people who have lots of great ideas. Let's start brainstorming of how we could continue to advocate for what God's doing mm. around the world. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, that's really very good, Jody. Um, so in spite of these challenges, you have been able to think in new ways and come up with alternative uh, responses. Um, why? Why did you do this? Why was it important to you to keep global missions and uh, serving opportunities in front of your congregation? I have just seen over the years the impact serving has on lives. And yet, when we can't travel for a season, there was us, we couldn't travel physically. And for some people, that will continue. They're Mm. not going to be able to travel physically. But God is still at work around the world, whether we can travel physically or we can't. And so I just feel like as the body of Christ, we all have a role to play in this global church. How do we continue to impact the kingdom? And I think in the midst of crisis, we all need support and encouragement in ways like never before. We're all navigating new territories. Families are navigating. How do we spend more time together? Mm. Um, We're seeing churches trying to figure out how do we continue to meet people. And we heard so many organizations just saying, what God's called us to do, it feels like we can't do right now. That's discouraging. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I think with that mindset, we just said, okay, let's try and figure out some things. It was great to partner with Orchard on Um, the virtual trips. That was a great experience. We had some people who did that, um, who just said, you know, we'll never, our health doesn't allow us to travel anymore. Mm -hmm. We will never make it to South Africa. But this has had a huge impact in our lives and has changed the way we think. And so how can we leverage this for some educational moments um, and just ways to, how can we, we were really intentional also about as a staff, how can we reach out to our partners in this time of crisis in here? Now we have something we can Mm. all relate to. How's COVID impacting your community? How's it impacting your ministry? And so that gave us kind of an even playing field and even conversation that we could all Mm. have the same conversation. Mm. Mm. Right. Right. I think if I could just jump in there and say um, that you as a ministry had to figure out new ways to do things. And certainly Orchard Africa, we had to do that too. This feeling of, well, what we call to do, we can no longer do. That's a mindset we didn't want to uh, get stuck in. Because initially, that's what you think. Oh, gosh, you know, we can't do what we used to do. And we didn't want to get stuck there. And so for us, uh, the virtual missions was one of those things that 
was new for us and has been so successful. And thank you to you, Jody, because your church was the first one who jumped <laughs> on board and um, gave us feedback. And I think mm. we did it well and your church has done it well. So thinking outside of the box and continuing our ministry and not getting stuck. Mm. One of the things that we say at Orchard, uh, in fact, uh, Mike, you mentioned this uh, last week, that we need to focus uh, not just on methods, but on outcomes. Mm. Mm. And what is it that we want to achieve when it comes to global missions? The, the methods may not work like they did for a season, but the outcomes are still the same. Yeah. And so, like you said, Jody, we okay, let's sit at the table and figure out how do we arrive at those outcomes with new methods and instead of saying, well, we can't, we can't meet those outcomes. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jody mentioned words like change and different and new. And I, I think that's the key for ministries like Orchard, ministries like Cornerstone and churches everywhere is, uh, yes, things can't be done the way they used to be done. But that doesn't mean the outcomes can't be achieved if you're willing to think differently and willing to embrace new and, and willing to change. And uh, my observation is, both in the U.S. and in Africa, churches that have got stuck are ones that were not willing to embrace those words new and different mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. and, and change. But uh, churches and pastors that have moved ahead are the ones that have said, well, we're going to do it differently, but we're still going to do it. Mm -hmm. right. We're going to find new ways and be creative and we're still going to reach those outcomes. Right. And I think for me, it always comes back to the question of what is our why? Why are we doing this? Mm. Uh, what is the reason behind what we do? And if we uh, keep remembering our why and do the why, then the how-tos will follow. Mm. But keep the why in front of us. Mm. Well, one of the things that we want to do on this uh, episode is uh, give you some ideas so you may be a missions director, or you may be um, a church leader of some capacity uh, responsible for missions. Uh, you may be uh, an individual who wants to remain engaged uh, missionally, even though we're um, facing uh, COVID. Uh, you may be a family. So uh, we want to give you some ideas on how to remain engaged or how to engage other people uh, for this season, but really for for all seasons as we, we want to help people to make disciples of all nations and go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And we, we want to um, model that and live that out as, as Jesus guided us. And so what we're going to do is we're kind of going to go around the table and uh, just uh, share some different best practices and ideas that we've had regarding how to keep engaged uh, in, uh, in, in global missions right now. So, um, I think your first point, uh, the why, you always have to start there. So I think that's a really good comment. Uh, if we don't know the why, um, it, the methods don't really right. matter. Yeah, it's the good old saying, if you lose your why, you lose your way. And so we've got to mm. keep um, on the way that God has called us by remembering mm. the why. Mm. Mike, why don't I uh, pick on you to go next? Uh, what's a, a thought or a practice that you'd you'd recommend? I think one of the great ways for churches to keep uh, congregation involved is to create experiences, uh, even though they may be remote experiences. But for example, uh, what does it feel like to live on one meal a day? What does it feel like if that meal is 
samp and beans mm. or uh, how would you cope if you had to go physically and collect all the water you needed to to cook to bathe to use in your house every day and that became your first and foremost priority every time you woke up um, how does it feel when you can't get your kid to school because the public transport is right. shut down or you, there's 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 just no way of getting there and i think if 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 uh global directors and 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 missions directors are creative in thinking well what can i do here to make my audience identify with what's going on in the countries where we mm. have partners and mm. where we we serve mm. it just uh, helps to keep people engaged because there are people that want to be engaged even if they can't travel even if they can't go there are still people that care and still people that would jump at well how can i at least participate in something that feels like mm. it's global mm. and that's a that's a really good point you, you experience those things when you go on a trip but mm. you can simulate those right. at home whether you're um, making a meal for your family and say well let's try stamp and beans and talk about the needs in other places or uh, yeah. or uh, in a program uh, right. that your church puts on that's a great idea right challenge your congregation to live on five gallons of water for one day see what they feel now in our house that would be good in so many different ways <laughs> the showers would uh, would not be an hour long and so we've got teenagers so <laughs> and i think along with that you mike you've provided some hands-on experiences of things you can do and we've experienced some of those through the virtual mission trips um, orchard has done an excellent job at putting those together and we've taken lots of people on those experiences. But there's also other virtual experiences that you can do as well. But I think the key is, it's that two-way communication. There's something unique um, when you get to be able to physically interact, even though if it's through mm. a screen with somebody across the world. Mm. Right. Um, to be able to see their face, to ask a question, that's unique. Mm. People can film a video and you can watch it at your own time, but to be able to be real time, ask questions. We found that to be super unique. And so whether that's a virtual experiences, talking with Pastor Patrick or uh, other people around the world, that was incredible. And we thought it was unique. We actually invited some of our partners, our global workers internationally. I think we had four or five countries engaged in a virtual experience as we all gathered together and learned together. Because there's a great educational moments that happen when we get together on mm. calls like that. And, and that was intentional uh, by us as Orchard Africa because and difficult because there's a nine-hour time difference. And so to uh, communicate across the globe at a time that's convenient to the United mm. States audience who's going through this virtual trip has meant a lot of juggling from our staff. Uh, in South Africa, it's hard. It's a completely different time frame, and it might be late at night or very early in the morning. And yet our staff have been so mm. great in stepping up to the challenge and enjoying it. Uh, that, as you said, mm. that two-way mm. communication, it, it's very meaningful. It truly mm. is. And I would just say, if you haven't done a virtual mission trip with Orchard, I highly recommend doing that. I heard people who had been there multiple times say, I never knew some of these pastors, and I got to know some of their personal stories. I yeah. thought that was a really yeah. unique. And you say, talk about the outcome. When we got to the end of our trips, we had people saying, what has God given me that I can uniquely give back? Whether that's here in our own community or internationally. And to me, that was like, that's the win. That's what we try and get when yeah. we go on, on in-person trips. And to be able to get that virtually, too, is unique. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when short-term missions is done well. 
mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you have these outcomes on both sides. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, another idea that uh, can keep people engaged is uh, being specific in um, putting different projects in front of the congregation or or choosing projects as a as an individual or family. And one of the things that we've done at Orchard during this last year is to really focus in on what are some of the greatest needs right now in the places that we serve and to be able to create a, um, a really concrete project. For instance, like our um, women's empowerment project, we were planning to do that anyway. It was going to happen in South Africa. We knew we were going to uh, recruit um, 20 different women that we could invest in over the course of the year. And with that, we said, well, why don't we help other people uh, in the United States to be a part of that as well. And so uh, we've done other different projects to uh, tell different stories and help people to to plug in and whether to be generous or to pray or to give in in other ways. And so um, being as a missions director, being specific about what are some of the needs and what are some of the specific actions that uh, people can take to to get involved. Right. And if I can jump on something you said and expand on that is tell stories. Um, I love stories. I love words. I, uh, I enjoy writing. And so wherever I have an opportunity, uh, I will write down and, and tell the story, help people feel, help people engage through stories. And I think if uh, as mission directors, we find the good stories and we tell them because people relate to stories. Jesus told stories all the time. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing and it's a great example. Um, and as missions directors feed those stories to your teaching team, the ones that are upfront and uh, give them some of that information so that they can tell these stories to engage people. Um, for individuals, uh, go and find those stories in the ministries that you are involved in. Uh, pick up the phone and ask somebody, tell me what's going on. Mm. I think stories are just so powerful to engage people. Mm. Mm. And there are so many platforms now to be able to tell a story, right. just unlimited ways to communicate um, what's going on in another place. And in fact, Jody, uh, you and I were talking uh, last week about some of the ways that you capitalized on social media and telling stories. And I think we all have the impact to be influencers on social media. So whether you're you're a Facebook person or you're an Instagram person or whatever that looks like, or just even texting and sharing a story. I mean, I think we just got to continue to talk about what God's placed on our heart and share that with others because we're all influencers. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Probably one of the most important things and one of the key ways of keeping people involved is, is, is creating prayer lists. And I think everything that's been discussed about staying in touch, about telling stories, about keep, keeping people engaged, but specifically with um, engaging with the partners globally on the ground is uh, find out what's going on. Uh, you know, s- sometimes we pray and we think we know how to pray. Um, but if we would just make a phone call or just get on uh, WhatsApp or uh, what's, what's really going on? What are, what, what, how are you feeling? How is this, your church being affected? How is your congregation being affected? Um, what are the real needs that you are having to deal with as, as a pastor, as a church leader? Um, and, and have individual people um, before your, your audience have individual places. Mm-hmm. So that uh, 
be specific. In, yeah. a, in, mm. in a sense, when we pray, we, we can identify and engage mm. as best as we can with what's really going on on the ground. Um, and of course, prayer sort of unites our hearts with God, but I believe prayer also unites our hearts with those that we pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. And it's really, really upbuilding for, for us who may be far away to be engaged in prayer with those who are really facing the major challenges of being locked down, of not being able to attend church, of not having food, of really struggling just to think, well, how am I going to make it through each day? Mm. And, mm. And, and be specific in creating those lists. Mm. And then keep them up front, if you can, from the stage, or mm. at least by social mm. media or mm. some other form of communication which is available to everybody. Mm. And what I love about that is that individuals can do it too. Like right. We all have a role, whether you're a missions director, staff member, or you're an individual. We can reach out to those people we know serving. Who are the organizational leaders that we know and um, the church leaders that we know or individuals who are just doing ministry right here in our own community? How can we reach out to them and just ask? Because that's empowering to know, like, mm. someone thought about me and asked, how can I pray? So mm. I love that everyone, we all have access mm. to prayer, and mm. we all have the ability to ask people how we can pray. Mm. Yeah. Right. I think we are, we're getting excited to start planning. We actually have put on our calendar the next 18 months on the wall, and what does that look like? What kind of trips can we go on? Where we'll, One of the things we're looking, working really closely with is our partners who are ready to have teams come back. Um, and really relying heavily. They're our number one voice we're listening to while we're checking CDC and we're checking travel.gov and some of those other ones. Just taking all that into consideration and creating Mm. an environment where Mm. people can feel safe and go out and experience um, what it looks like to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to come alongside Mm. and empower. So preparing trips, uh, we're working on some airfare stuff already. So it's exciting to get some of those Mm. back on the calendar. Mm. Yeah. So I have a quick question. You've just come from Africa on a trip with Orchard Africa. What made you feel safe? Because you mentioned that. Uh, what made you feel safe to go? And during the trip, did you feel safe? Hundred percent safe. I, you know, for us, Orchard has always done everything with excellence. I don't have to think twice about whether have they thought through all the, the pieces of what the impact of COVID has? You always are thinking through everything. And it was an easy call. Hey, have you thought about this? Every question I had, Orchard had already thought about it. And so um, it's, you know, we had, we had to navigate COVID tested, but we had emailed with you guys ahead of time. How's this going to look? And in South Africa, already had the place, the location, here's what we need to do. Here's the cost. So there weren't unknowns. And that was helpful because with any mission trip, there's always a few things that mm. come mm. as unknowns. But this really felt like as we walked in, it all went, went as planned. And so, um, yeah, our whole team felt this, it was safe and we're looking forward to, okay, when can we get the next mm. team back yep. on the ground? Good. Well, mm. thank you for all those kind words. But I do think for any mission trip during a worldwide pandemic or any other time being prepared, uh, unknown things happen, but the more you prepare, the less those unknown things will happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from a church standpoint, uh, there's a, a pretty long runway to get ready for a trip. And so you can think about all the ways that you can engage your congregation mm-hmm. over the many months. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you, you were saying, Jody, that you have a calendar set out for uh, the next 18 months, and that's a whole season of opportunity to talk about the global work of God in those places and get ready and do training. And um, so it's not just the 10 days that you're there. It's 
this right. is whole momentum that comes with. And I think when, I mean, you guys have traveled back and forth um, and, you know, living in both places, you know, throughout the year, you guys have such experience and navigate, have navigated that on a regular basis. So that's comforting too, of like, they've done this so many times in the midst of mm. a pandemic, back and forth, um, that there's an, a security in that. It's not like, well, we think this is what's going to happen. No, we've done this before and this is what has happened. Mm. I think for me, that's a big thing. So why I wanted to go and do some of this ahead of time is just to see it as mm. well and to come mm. back and say, absolutely go. Like anybody yep. who wants to go with Orchard yep. Africa, you are going to be in good hands mm. the entire mm. way. Mm. Mm. Well, another, another idea uh, regarding engagement and um, we've seen a lot of churches do this in this season uh, is is through generosity campaigns and a church being able to name a season and say uh, we uh, kind of going back to the storytelling we want to tell the story of what God is doing in uh, in Africa in India in Singapore wherever and with that we want to give you an opportunity to um, invest in that to give towards that and to be able to have really specific outcomes that we know, we know will come as a result of that that giving and so being able to have um, a campaign, um, an emphasis, an initiative where um, that can be um, put in front of the congregation. Because when, when we give, uh, there's this um, ownership that comes globally uh, when, we, when we think of global missions. And so um, I've heard some congregations say, uh, you know, oh, 100 is the most important number uh, when, when it comes to giving. That 100% of everybody gives something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may be a different numbers or different levels, but from a discipleship standpoint or from a development standpoint, a mission standpoint, being able to challenge people to, to be generous, to give and to do that um, in a specific way with a, with a partner. And we've even seen that with individual families who, mm-hmm. uh, where parents have challenged their children. How can we give at, in this time of crisis around the world where we're safe in our homes, but people not everybody is. And so we've seen individual families do that. We've just had a family who was in South Africa on vacation and took time out of their vacation to visit our communities and to invest in that community. Um, so I do think this, this idea of generosity extends even to individual people and to families. Mm. Mm. Uh, here's another thought. Um, in every church, there are different people that are passionate about different things. And I think one of the key ways of keeping, keeping a congregation involved is to create groups within the congregation who will be supportive of specific partners. And so I mean, you could put up a chart of these are all the partners and this is what they do. And then identify the people mm. who are passionate about that particular global area or that particular kind of... Uh, program that's being run and going back to to the prayer thing just having those support teams pray but then also maybe once a week get that support team on a on a whatsapp call or a zoom call um, and connect them with the partner globally Um, yes there's there's time challenges and all that kind of thing but those support teams can feel like they're still part of something globally Mm -hmm. if each week they get together and do something practical um, just to engage with um, the, 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 those, those partners that are so far away and struggling. 
Um, and uh, some of the great things we've seen is where a particular support team has decided they're going to write little notes of encouragement yep. to the caregivers, the people who are involved mm. in, in home-based care. And so those get sent over to Africa and hand-delivered mm. to the people who are doing that. Uh, another group of people has written uh, love notes to the ladies in the Women's Empowerment Program. And so each time those ladies come for their, their monthly meeting, they get a handwritten card from somebody on the other side of the world just saying we love you and encouraging mm. them. So you know, support teams can do that. And I think that's a great way of still mm. keeping people involved even though it's remotely. Mm. And then another way to keep engaged is how do we keep having these conversations? So as a staff member, how do I keep sharing about what is happening around the world in our staff meetings? Like, I just want to share those stories, like Michelle said, everywhere we go. Like, who are we running into? Families or individuals? Um, but I feel like we each, as, as individuals, have a role to keep in front of people what God's mm -hmm. doing. And I know I have people who are on my leadership team and just people who have maybe served internationally or served in our community. They keep things in front of me and then I'm like, oh, that's a great reminder. I need to continue to communicate that out. So sometimes I'm repeating those stories that mm -hmm. I'm hearing, but I'm mm -hmm. gonna share that to the rest of the staff. So mm -hmm. sharing stories and making sure you leverage your voice is key. And then one other one that I have found to be super helpful in the midst of so many unknowns uh, during this pandemic and as we come out of it is gathering together and networking. Who are global leaders that we can call and ask questions mm. to figure out how do we navigate? How do we support one another? Here's what I'm trying to figure out. What have you found? Um, I know I've been on a call. We recently talked about emergency cash. How much emergency cash do we need to carry out of the country? And what have you all used it for? Mm. Um, how are you navigating the testing? What have you found that works? What isn't working? But if we don't have people to share that with, I think, um, as a leader who leads internationally, it can feel very lonely because there's not other people typically mm. in a church that are trying to figure that out. And so I'd say networking is intentional. And then again, I think in the midst of this pandemic, we constantly are reminded it's lonely if we try and do things by ourselves. Mm. Yes. But together, we're so much stronger. Yes. The partnerships we can have, we need our families, we need other people um, in our churches, and, and we need to network around the world. And so don't do it alone. Do it together. We're better mm. together yeah, when we're serving. Absolutely. absolutely. Mm. And that's a really, I think, a really great place to land mm. uh, today because we do. Uh, we're smarter, we're wiser, we're um, sharper together. And uh, um, Jody, I, I've appreciated you just being willing to sit around the table today and share your insights and best practices and what it's like to be um, serving and leading right now in missions uh, in your local church. So thank you, thank you for modeling that um, that networking idea and being being a part of the episode today. Yeah, thanks so much. And for those who can't see, Jody's got the most wonderful smile. So thank you for being with us. Well, I've, I've enjoyed this. I think this is the Orchard has been um, someone from the day I first went on my first vision trip with Orchard has been that voice of like, hey, how are you navigating this? I'm, we're trying to figure this out. They're, they openly continually to invite people into a networking and a community. Mm -hmm. so, it's wonderful. Thank you, Jody. Yeah, great to have you. Great to know you, Jody. Well, our mission at Orchard Africa is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. Um, you've heard about the ways that we do that in South Africa, but we, we do that here in the United States as well. And so this podcast is a way to uh, put tools in um, church leaders' hands and mission directors' hands and families' hands. And, uh, and we couldn't do that without um, our Orchard community and people who, who give 
uh, month in and month out to support that kind of empowerment and equipping. And so uh, thanks to those of you who are a part of that. And if you'd like to know more about how to be a part of that community, you can jump on our website at www.orchardafrica.org. Well, again, thank you for being a part of this episode and um, having this conversation with us. And uh, we're really grateful for for you and I'm praying for you as you lead um, missionally during during this season. Mm. Thanks for thanks for listening in. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take bye. care.